Thank you for joining me in exploring what matters most. In this podcast, we take a look at gaining clarity and starting to act towards the things that you care about most. Today, we're going to look at a question that is super interesting, which is, what do I stand for? Or what do you stand for? What do you stand for? It's a super interesting question, and I'm sure you're already thinking about what you stand for. But before we dive more deeply into that, let's really gain some clarity on what standing for something actually means. For me, the most vivid image that I have in my head when I think of standing for something is a guiding compass for the tough decisions in your life. Imagine that you want to make a decision. Making the decision that you want to be an entrepreneur and seeing the opportunity that somebody wants to start a business with you, that's amazing. And knowing that you stand for that, you can take on that opportunity and you know, I stand for being an entrepreneur. I'm gonna do this now. The second important thing to consider is that you and I and any other person on this planet, we only have limited time to do effective work every day. With effective work, I mean the work where you are in a deep focus, where you really push things forward. This can be physical focus. If you build something, if you're a carpenter, where you really build a beautiful piece of furniture. But it can also be your mental work, where you write the book that you want to be writing, where you set up the website that you want to be setting up, where you simply use your brain to actually create things. This is not the busy work. This is not the answering to emails. This is not the, oh, I need to schedule a post. This is not the, oh, I have a meeting with someone. No, this is the work where you create the things that you stand for that matter to you. It can also be a coaching session with someone where you really go in with full focus. If you're really honest with yourself, you only have a few hours every day where you can do that type of work. And between every session, you most likely need a break. For most people, it's around four to eight hours that they can do this deep work, and they can do it in around 90-minute sessions before they need a break. So if you notice this pattern with yourself, you're not the only one, and it's totally normal. I highly encourage you to look into the research. Andrew Huberman is also doing amazing content on this topic. I simply encourage you to look more deeply into it. So don't beat yourself up if you notice that you can focus for around 90 minutes at a time, and if you notice that you cannot do more than four hours of productive work a day or eight hours, whatever your time is. For me, it seems to be at around four to six hours on average that I can do productive work in a day. That does not mean that you cannot do more work, you cannot pull an all-nighter if it's really necessary. But the thing that I would encourage you to reflect on and understand for yourself is you do have limited amount of time that you can use for productive work. Anybody who tells you that they are working 60 to 80 hours a week and they're super stressed and they are really subscribing to this hustling and busy culture, if you really take a look at their schedule, and I'm speaking from experience, I was this person who was priding myself and working so, so much. If you really take a look at the schedule of people who constantly work so much, they don't do as much effective work. They 
need time to get up to speed in the mornings because they don't get enough sleep. Much of their work is spent in meetings. Much of the time they spend is running between one place to another, taking a breather 15 minutes between meetings. But in the end, when they do effective and productive work, they don't do much more of it than those magical four to eight hours that most of us have. I do four to six hours of productive work a day where I really focus and at the end of such sessions, I really reflect what did I achieve? You can see that if you continue doing that, you will achieve the things that matter to you. Because when we go back a little bit, what do you stand for? When you understand that you have a limited amount of time, you understand that standing for something is actually giving you a lot of freedom to focus your valuable time on the things that really matter to you. Recap. You have four to eight hours every day in which you can focus on something that really matters to you. If you don't stand for a particular thing, then two things happen. The first one is you're oftentimes losing valuable time making kind of unimportant decisions that feel super important to you. When you don't stand for something and somebody approaches you, hey, can you help me with X, Y, Z? Hey, can you do this for me? One thing that you do is you spend time thinking about it Although what you really need or what would really help you to move forward would be, I stand for this, I have this filter that helps me. If somebody approaches me, hey, can you help me with communication? And you say like, well, I do like communication, but this is not what I want to do. I don't want to be a communication coach. But if somebody approaches you about building a tech business, you can be like, for sure, I want to do this because you know that you stand for this and you don't waste time being like, hey, I need to make a decision if I want to do this or not because it's easier to make that tough decision and it doesn't feel tough anymore. The second thing is when you try to juggle five projects, seven projects, and you only have six hours a day to do certain things, you only have an hour, maybe a little bit more for each project. Trying to do something in an hour a day, that's not really going to move you forward that much. If we think about you wanting to start your business, Spending one hour a day on it is better than nothing, but it's not really going to move you forward as much as spending six hours on it every day. You might write one blog post, or maybe if you're honest with yourself, you might write half a blog post one day, the next day you write the other half of the blog post, and on the third day you schedule it and you post it because you have four other projects going on. And there's one thing that really matters to you is not moving forward. So are in a similar way, the other projects are not moving forward. Everything changes when you really focus on one thing, when you really stand for something, when you say, I want to be a tech entrepreneur. At that point, you can say, well, I have my other four projects, something like helping people in their communications. And it's like, well, I'm going to put this on hold. I'm not going to do this right now. When you really focus on growing your tech business and you have all of a sudden not one hour a day, but you have six hours a day to do that, you can write that one blog post, you can publish it, you can write another one, you can approach clients, you can do so many things, and all of a sudden, in one day, you can redo one to three things very deliberately at a very high level, and you will see results. Before, it took you three days to get a blog post done. That's the difference between actually succeeding at something and doing something as a hobby and never growing it. If you understand this, you see how important and how valuable 
it is to stand for something. And I do understand the fear behind, well, I don't want to stand for this because I might lose out on XYZ. Sure, you have the fear of missing out, but that's part of it. And the interesting thing is, you as a creature of habit, and you can change your habits, but you as a creature of habit, once you commit to something, it will be way easier for you to make decisions and it will feel more natural. You're not going to feel like you're missing out on something because people are afraid that they will limit themselves when they choose a focus and a niche. But you need to view it in a way that you grow into a niche. You grow into a focus. You become an expert. You become very comfortable with it. You become the person who stands for something and is being asked for their advice and you're defining yourself and you're starting to achieve the goals that matter to you. So after this deep dive into what it means to stand for something, let's take a look at my life. What do I stand for? I stand for clarity and action. I help people do the things that matter most to them. And I know that it sounds kind of crisp, it sounds even effortless when I say it, and it sounds like it's so, so easy. But for my part, it took me a solid 10 years to get to this clarity. It doesn't mean that it will take you 10 years, especially because you're consuming content like this right now, it means that you are on your path to getting that clarity. But what does it mean for me when I say that I stand for clarity and action? And how does it make my life better that I know so much what I stand for? Let's take a little look at those 10 years. I'm gonna do it very briefly for you. Back in high school, I wanted to study acting, but people were telling me, well, you're so good at natural sciences. Don't you want to become a chemist or a doctor? And I was just like, okay, well, talk sense into me. And I decided studying chemistry, added business on top, but it wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do. I deep down in my heart knew that back in the day, I wanted to be an actor, but I didn't stand for being an actor. I stood for nothing, actually. I was being pushed around by people because I was always making impossible decisions and then instead of making them myself I was kind of taking on other people's opinions about what I should do and it continued I in my studies I didn't know what I wanted to do with it so when time came and I needed to decide on what I wanted to do I saw that most people who don't know what they want to do that they went into management consult I started thinking well being a management consulting, flying around the world, meeting different clients, making important decisions. Well, that sounds nice. And I had a completely wrong image of this job. I had an image of how I would see myself and how others would see me doing it. But I didn't want to do the work. I am not somebody who likes crunching numbers. I'm not somebody who likes subscribing to a hustling culture. That's nothing that is close to my heart. There are people who enjoy this, who love this work. I applaud them for it and go do it. If you're happy in it, I'm happy for you. But I was lying to myself because again, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what I stand for. I had impossible decisions to make. And for that reason, I didn't make my own decisions, but I simply went with the flow and with opinions of other people. And this continued. And I was lucky enough that I tried different and new things at various stages. So I somehow got into entrepreneurship, which was slightly more the thing that I identified with. But my heart wasn't really in it. It was not me that I kind of was like, okay, oh, maybe I'm going to be the founder of a unicorn company and everybody's going to look up to me and all of this. And these are not the right reasons. I didn't know what I stood for, so I couldn't make the right decisions. It was actually the past 
four years that really shaped me in the way that I started allowing myself to be myself, to explore what I stand for, that I started reading many books. I, for example, read for 30 minutes every day at least, oftentimes more, but that's my commitment because I want to keep learning and I feel naturally inclined to read personal development books. I absolutely love reading philosophical books and an interface that I really love is what Derek Sivers writes, for example. Check out his books, Amazing Guy, How to Live 27 Questions and a Weird Conclusion or something like this. A book that is about contradiction and making the important decisions in life. Super beautiful. I love exploring that stuff. You see how I naturally smile when I talk about it. Like when you're looking at the video, if you're not looking at the video but you're listening in, just there's a smile in my voice. But I started understanding, okay, personal development, that's something I care about. And I also started reflecting and just like, hey, like what roles did I naturally gravitate towards? And it was the roles of making people feel good, helping people to do the things that they care about. Like there's nothing that gives me as much joy as seeing people achieve what they want to achieve. And I cannot explain it. Like sure, we could do some kind of Freudian psychoanalysis, why this is so important to me. What really matters to me is I enjoy it. I love doing it. And I started seeing that I was in the wrong professions. I was doing business and sales for companies. I didn't really care about that much. I didn't like the job. I didn't want to wake up to do the work. I just wanted to kind of like this thing be over and sell my unicorn. But life is not about the things that you achieve. Life is about the journey you take while you achieve those things. Coming back to Derek Sivers for a second, he said, pursuit is the opposite of depression. That resonates so deeply with me. You want to enjoy the process over focusing on the outcomes. To do that, you need to know what you stand for, because what you stand for is a reflection of what your heart tells you that you want to do in this life. With all that experience, with all that reflection, and on top of it, I was very, very lucky that I could do my master's degree in the United States and get out of this natural science way where because i come from germany and in germany everything is about like you should get a degree in a hard science if you're not an engineer you're nothing if you study philosophy you're going to become a cab driver that's not true i think philosophy is one of the most amazing subjects i deeply love it and i know many people who studied philosophy and who do amazing things and contribute to this world because it's a school in thinking and what what can be more important to making decisions than knowing how to think? I was so lucky that I could do my master's in a field that was not in the natural sciences, that was not built on top of my chemistry degree, but a field where I focused on interpersonal communication, on what felt naturally to me. And it freed me and it showed me, hey, there is leadership to be done and there is things to achieve in this wonderful world that are not based on hard facts and natural science, but on hard facts and soft facts in the social sciences. And it opened up a world where it was surrounded by leaders who were leading people, who were helping people develop themselves. It opened up the opportunities for me to coach and help other people and to really see my value, what I intrinsically felt drawn towards. And by now I know that I stand for helping people discover and do what matters most to them. But you see that it's been a reflection of many years. It's been my journey and I know that it will continue developing. I'm super curious about how what I stand for will change in the future, how it will evolve, how it will become even more than it is right now. 
So knowing what I stand for and knowing how I got there, how has it impacted my life so far? For me, it changed everything. And it cha didn't change everything in the sense of like there was this one moment and everything changed. Like No, it was the journey that I was talking about. It is really reflecting on it that I see all the change. And it's mostly with almost any positive experience in that way that you do things step by step. As the Tao Te Ching also says, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. You need to get moving and at a certain point you will be at the thousand mile marker. But what changed for me in particular is for one, trying to juggle many things at the same time, I didn't make any progress. I was doing one business, another business, trying to help people here and there. One can even make the case that when you do not stand for something, you're actually constantly on the look for what you stand for. You're constantly searching for it without even knowing it. You do not necessarily build confidence. You do not necessarily build skills. You just jump from one thing to the next and you're constantly lost. But once you start standing for something, you start building confidence. You start building skill. You start being yourself. This is because you spend a significant amount of your time doing what you care about. For me, it was, for example, developing programs that help people gain clarity and, on the other hand, that help people put that clarity to action. And I knew that I'm good at this because I naturally absorb personal development content. I felt natural in my master's degree where I finally could do the things that I care about. And you can see the smile again if you're watching, you can hear the smile through my voice maybe. Having spent so much time and having so much time doing those things, like creating those programs, testing them with people, I was naturally building skills that I felt inclined towards anyway. I was spending my six hours on those things. And when I woke up in the mornings, I feel that I do want to do the work that is on my to-do list for the day. Because I know that I'm adding the value to the world that I care about. So with these things, with this clarity, there is a clear path for me right now that I know that I can see a vision, that I see myself helping people to achieve the things that matter to them, seeing myself in conversation with people, seeing myself recording this podcast, seeing myself creating content around this, seeing myself working with clients, working with businesses and individuals, achieving things that matter to them. It feels natural to say those things. And in this way, I think the biggest impact that standing for something had on me is that I have the confidence to live my life in an authentic and true way of who I am, that I believe that I can achieve the things that I want to achieve, that I care about. And this was never the case before I really knew what I stand for. And I'm super curious to, in the future, hear what you stand for, how it transforms your life. And this is a very good point to actually make the transition to how do you find out what you stand for? From my personal experience and from the experience working with other people on this question, it's going to be different for everyone. And everything that I say is simply a starting point for you to find what really helps you to explore what you stand for, what really matters to you. Try those things, especially the ones that will resonate with you, maybe also the ones that kind of scare you a little bit, because 
fear is always an interesting thing to explore. Make sure to be safe when you do those things, but don't take the advice I give you right now for, hey, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to find out where I stand for. No, this is a deeply personal experience and use it as a starting point to find your own way to figure out what you stand for. The first thing that I always advise people to do, think of the last time you were in a state of flow, in a way that you do something and you forget time. Work flows effortlessly. Flow is oftentimes defined, when you look at it more scientifically, as a state where you do something with the skills that you have. It's deeply aligned with the skills that you have. And it's slightly above your skill level. So you're constantly learning, you're growing. If you find that state of flow, for me, it's content creation. I absolutely love recording this podcast, for example. I absolutely love doing my shorts. And the other kind of flow work that I feel is when I work with people in one-on-one -on -one sessions. When I deeply reflect with people, when it gets philosophical, when it really gets to the core, when it gets to the point where people start being uncomfortable because they feel that something is changing within them. Those are the two areas that really invoke flow in me. Because once you find them, it's very natural to, in the next step, define them and be like, hey, what do I actually love about those things? And then discover what you stand for. So for me, I love creating. And I love creating because I love acting. I love doing. So this is one of the parts. And the kind of content I create, I love doing it because it's mostly about clarity. So you see clarity and action there. And it helps people to get into doing what matters most to them. Sure, it seems very clear in retrospect because I did all the work. But starting with a in the place of flow is going to help you to get to a similar level of clarity. The second thing you can do, and I really encourage you to do it, especially if it feels uncomfortable to you, ask people, people you love, people you trust, also people you don't like that much, but you should still trust them. Ask them what you stand for. What is the feedback that they would give you if you ask them for like, hey, what do you think of me? What do I stand for? What am I particularly good at? Maybe also, what am I bad at? Really see how other people view you. And I'm not telling you this because those people are right, but it's a beautiful reflection start point. It's like really somebody holding a mirror very close to your face. If something resonates with you and they say like you're good at talking with people, maybe you do want to become a coach and start a coaching business, you get that feeling of like, hey, people see me in that way. That is empowering. But it might also be that somebody tells you, hey, you are way too serious. And you're just like, hey, I'm not serious. I'm a fun person. The important thing is you see that it triggered you in a certain way. So it's an interesting place to start exploring. Why do you care so much about somebody thinking that you are serious rather than thinking that you are a fun person? The perspective of that, of that particular person, it is not your perspective per se, but having those bo both points that something is being really confirmed for you that this is what you want to do or something is also being somebody's telling you you are not very good at strategizing it's like yeah yeah i know that and i don't want to do strategic work it's nothing that i'm interested in that's also good because you can cross it out like standing for something is getting easier once you know what you stand for and what you don't stand for what you're good at what you're not so good at what you want to do and what you don't want to do and also again those triggering points where you're just like hey i see myself differently or I want to grow into someone 
different. And this is really bothering me that people view me that way. So go ask, start with people you care about, ask them for their honesty, find out what they say. And the next step is also talk with people who you don't like that much, maybe, if you trust them still, because this is a sensitive topic. You don't want to go to somebody you consider an enemy, even if I don't like the term and I don't really believe in enemies. That's a different topic. But don't go to somebody where you feel like, nah, I shouldn't have that conversation with them for good reasons. But do have conversations with people that might disagree with you because you will learn a lot in such a conversation as long as you can trust them. Another beautiful practice that I do also when I meet new people in general, I do like to ask in the end of the first meeting, what is your first impression of me? And I ask that question because it shows me how people view me in a perspective that I don't have access to. And people also lose the first impression of you very quickly once they get more acquainted with you. They get a more clear picture of you, they see things in context, but seeing how somebody sees you in a first impression point of view, super, super valuable. Also, it is beautiful if you really set yourself goals that you want to develop in a certain way. If you don't want to be the serious person, but you want to be the fun person, you can see if new people see you in a different way. If you were somebody you ask then, like after three months of working or not being that serious, that people will say like, hey, but yeah, like honestly, I want to tell you my first impression of you is you're a fun person. And this is, this feels empowering. Third strategy to really find out what you stand for. What is it that you always wanted to do, but never allowed yourself to do? For me, it's this thing of, hey, I wanted to become an actor, as I said. I never wanted to be a natural scientist. I was simply good at studying. I wasn't good at natural sciences. I was good at studying. And if I was good at studying in Germany, the assumption was like, hey, he did this chemistry thing in high school, so he stood, should do something with this or become a doctor. Like, he's good at studying. He should do something tangible. He should be an engineer, doctor, or chemist. What I really wanted to do is I want to be in front of camera. I really enjoy this moment right now. It feels natural. I want to impact people's lives. And I always wanted to be a content creator for something that impacts people in their hearts. That is also something that you do as an actor. You create moments that impact people in their hearts. You see how clear I am, what I stand for. I understood for myself that I want to be a person who impacts people deeply in their hearts, especially through presenting my ideas, my thoughts to the world, through creating things, through sharing the things that I learned. And this is something that I didn't allow myself to do. I was very clear on, I wanted to become an actor. I wanted to become a content creator. But no, first study chemistry, then become management consulting, then become entrepreneur of companies that you don't care about. But now I am doing the things that I always wanted to do, but never allowed myself to do. One thing in this context you want to consider is that you should try out the things you always wanted to do. And if they stick they are for you. It might also be that you try certain things that you think that you always wanted to do and you do them and all of a sudden they don't feel so good. And that's also a beauty of, of trying out that thing. I only found out that I don't want to be a high-tech entrepreneur by actually working in that field. And it is okay to come to the conclusion that there's something that you always thought you wanted to do and then discovering that you don't want to do it. But you will only come to that clarity once you try it out. This is what I have for you today, a start for you to really think about what you stand for, really gain a clarity on your life's perspective, and to start doing the things that you love doing, because you will only start doing what you care about once you know 
what you stand for, once you define that very clearly for you. Take the time to do that. Use the tools that we talked about today. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. Thank you so much for tuning in today.